0: Welcome back to Retail Therapy, an offshoot podcast on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed. My name Will Defries. Next to me in the studio, my loyal co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going all right. I am thrilled to be in our new digs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh, just feeling the vibes. Got a lot of bright. Bright, natural light coming through, so just feeling like a very retail therapy type of day.
0: The new studio has, it's a major upgrade in the vibes department. The vibes have officially shifted from the old studio to the new studio. I'm glad you said it's that. It's all going
1: well. Yeah, yeah, because the vibes definitely, they did shift, and yeah. that's, it's really like, that. that is the, you know, that's the blood in the veins of this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do not I don't know how it became the blood in the veins of this podcast, but that's where we are now. I'm loving what you're wearing today, Barrett. Thank you. Thank you. I, this is kind of a, a last-ditch opportunity for all of us uh, it, Austin people to really wear something a little more comfy and cozy before it starts to get real
1: hot. It, it really is. And we've, I mean, it's going to be a really rough summer here in Central Texas, and uh, the majority of the April weather has, has proven that to be the case. Today, is like, it's, this is the final hurrah. This is the, the last respite um, you know, my partner even was like yesterday, she was like, oh, it looks like you're finally you're going to get one more chance to wear something, you know, to wear something cool tomorrow, basically. And I've got like so I've got I've, I've got this lightweight jacket that is just the type of thing that, you know, we discussed a little bit last or a couple of weeks ago, where if you live in, you know, a place with seasons mm-hmm. in, in the Midwest or in California or, or, or on the East Coast, like you might get many opportunities to wear this here. Not so much. Today is that day. I'm taking full advantage. I've got a crew neck sweatshirt in the car just if I want to, just in case I want to mix things up, man. Just if I want to, if I want to go jacket first half of the day, crew neck second half of the day, like,
0: you know, you're bumming me out right now because I put zero thought into what I was wearing today. <laughs> so much so that I legitimately took, I'm wearing a Sunday Scaries crew neck right now. Yeah. And I took it off of the pile of laundry <laughs> that was folded on a chair in my bedroom. And this was simply the top thing when I went to go let the dog out this morning. And I was so comfortable. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep this on for the rest of the day. And then I soon realized as I was going to work, I was like, I, this this was my last opportunity to wear something and make the most out of something from the past season. And I'm just straight up not doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Back to like 88 by this weekend. So perfect. You Can't know. wait to
0: sweat. <laughs> maybe I'll get to show my nips off in my, uh, maybe my mesh maybe. tank top or yeah, no, my yeah. mesh, my mesh polo shirt.
1: I was getting a, a lot of a lot of good feedback about the uh, the column that you wrote there about the mesh the mesh polo.
0: You so. know the the Twitter poll that I ran was about two thirds keep it, one third don't keep it. Yeah. And I hate to say that the one third of people that said don't keep it, it's those people that motivate me more to keep it <laughs> than the people that say to actually keep it. And like, so
1: you think if the poll had been reversed, you would have been more motivated. Like you were you were you're more influenced by the the vocal minority.
0: Correct. Yeah. So even if it was like even if it was just you know, 80% saying, send it back. Yeah. Then I'm definitely keeping it and right, probably right. wearing it like way over wearing yeah. it.
1: I mean, the thing is you've now written a column about it. You've done a Twitter poll about it. So what it sounds like to me is that it's a write-off.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, yeah, then I, I need to get, I need to use the, uh, wash media credit card in order to get some new stuff and, and, and take advantage of that. But we are about to be in absolute... like It's going to be drip season soon, but I don't just mean that in terms of uh, summer clothing. I also mean that in terms of me sweating through my mesh clothing. Yeah. There's one issue, and and I don't think I'll face this issue with the mesh polo, but there's one issue that I found when I'm trying it on in my apartment, which I keep at a crisp 68 degrees, is that sometimes it it gets a little icy in there, Mm. and sometimes... Something might stick out of one of the little mesh things every once in a while, and so now all I can think of is like, you know, I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be maybe at someone's, uh, you know, wedding in Mexico, sitting at a dinner trying to eat some ceviche, and suddenly my nips just gonna be popped out of this polo shirt. <laughs> so
1: I mean, you just have to where wherever you wear this thing, you just need to be like, you need to have full confidence that it's gonna be balmy. Mm-hmm. and a little humid Exactly. the entire exactly. time
0: yeah. i'm going to have to go to the like the the bathroom in between like bites and like rub my nipples i i,
1: I will i'll just say this i'll throw this out there um you know it, it's it's mesh season it's lace season it's crochet season all of these things are 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 big time trending in in both men's and women's wear i wore one of my shirts uh you know to 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 have some drinks into a rehearsal dinner this past weekend um and i was Drinking a martini,
0: okay. Which more we're gonna on that get in to. a second. More
1: on that later. Uh, at At the Hotel Ella Bar, which is definitely a cool vibe, um, and uh, and the bartender, both bartenders, one female, one male, complimented me on my shirt and asked where it was from.
0: There you go. That's all you need. That's all the and validation was, you this need. This was
1: it, like the 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 dollars that the shirt costs just like <laughs> evaporated in my head because this shirt was now priceless. Um, and so I just that's look that it's going to get looks, but I think they're going to be positive looks.
0: I saw a TikTok the other day and I'm a big cost per wear person. I will pull that out on anybody. If they ever try to say like, why would you spend that much money on something? Like I wear it every day. So, you know, my cost per wear is lower than the t-shirt you're wearing right now. I'm quick to do that. Somebody on TikTok the other day I saw was doing uh, compliments per dollar. Co- yeah. And yeah. she and she was like, I can only wear this blazer once a year. It was like, <laughs> kind of like this like colorful sequined blazer type of thing. And she was like, I can only wear this once a year. And whenever I do, I get the most compliments out of anything. And that's all I need to know in order to justify this purchase. Yeah. Randy just got a new sequin blazer as well. So maybe we'll be seeing more of that Ooh. when he's wearing the Sheehan haul. <laughs>
1: I can't wait for Randy Sheen Hall TikTok.
0: I know. He needs to start doing more. He needs to do Coles
1: Halls. He needs... Yeah, that's where I think the... It feels like the Sheen Hall... It's a very saturated market. But, yeah. But there's a real, there's a real opening for um for Coles.
0: Well, people wouldn't understand that the Sheehan Hall was a joke coming from Randy, whereas like honestly, the Coles the Hall wouldn't be a joke either coming from Randy, but people would <laughs> find more humor in that than they would a Sheehan Hall. I
1: I tried to give Randy, I tried to give him like the scoop on a little Kohl's hack. Mm-hmm. It's where you bring in your Amazon returns to Coles and they give oh, yeah. you immediately on like your return receipt, there's five dollars of Coles cash. He was light years ahead of me. He was he he'd been running this he'd been running this con for like months, you know. He's
0: currently drinking out of a water bottle that he <laughs> bought after he returned some stuff to Amazon at Kohl's. So yeah, <laughs> Randy's living good right now. <laughs> uh, if you guys have any uh, topics, questions, anything for retail therapy, please don't hesitate to send it in. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting a bunch of topics. I, honestly, I think three of the topics we're talking about today are all f- listener submitted things that. You know, honestly, we we probably would have seen anyway, but I'm glad that our brand is so strong that people are just volume shooting these things and shoving them in our direction.
1: And and we're going to be kind of like, you know, swimming in in our usual lane here talking about kind of lifestyle trends today. But I've also I have seen some DMs. I've read them uh, that are, are more kind of like listener question oriented. And so they they are on my list. They will be added to the rundown and and uh we'll we'll get to those for sure.
0: We might just need to do a listener questions episode Maybe at some so. point soon. Let's start today. Oh, if you're going if you're uh, listening right now, you can also watch any of these episodes at youtube.com slash Media. Go like and subscribe to uh the page. We have fun on there. I think it's a good spot too. Uh Barrett's an absolute maestro with the the desktop technology where mm-hmm. he can just put it on the screen. I I'm glad that you are good with it. Otherwise yeah. it would be lacking because I I think I'm I'm just not good enough at multitasking to to do that.
1: i I mean, you know, at, at my workspace, I, i'm I'm a two screen guy. So I've got that, you know, I just you can tell me that, like this screen's on the left, and I just i I know it. I know it, and i'm I'm able to move windows seamlessly. and that's a big that's a big skill of mine.
0: I, it's been a couple it's been since <laughs> since uh, we moved on from our former employer. That's when i I put the two screen life behind me. and yeah. I have since just been a laptop guy. I need to start up in my game a little yeah, bit. It's okay. Cause I,
1: I could never figure out how to, how to multitask with uh, the, the, uh, the sound effects over on the, the ones and twos there. It's stressful. And so, you know, that's just, that's not in my wheelhouse, but, but this is,
0: so <laughs> let's talk martinis Barrett. Ooh, okay. <sighs> Grub Street. I think they're owned by the cut, New York mag, or by I New guess York. the cut is, is owned by New York mag. So
1: Grub Street is an, another offshoot of New York mag. Uh,
0: I actually really like Grub Street. I have, some, I have some issues with the cut sometimes. Sometimes I think they, they just find angles that I think they're just reaching for once in a while. But overall, I do enjoy the, the content that New York Mag puts out. This past weekend, they put out a column that said, wellness is dead, long live the martini. And I could not have clicked it faster than I, than I did because I, I'm, I'm all in on the train of wellness being dead. And I'm all in on the train that martinis are the drink of the moment right now.
1: It, it's yes. Um, and they definitely are. I think pretty much everybody listening to this podcast is just like nodding their heads in unison right now, Mm -hmm. because if you have been out with friends over the last year, somebody is ordering martinis. If it, if not everybody. And once one person does, everybody else just starts ordering martinis too. And absolute waterfall. Yeah. And the reasons for that are, uh, are numerous, many of which we'll, we'll touch on here. But, um, but yeah, what's, what's the overall... What, what's, the, what's the main point here? What's the thesis? Let
0: me read a little excerpt from this. I want to hat tip Emily Sundberg for this. She's the author of this article. And I have to say, she absolutely crushed it. But she said, historically, martinis are a drink of gravitas for me, conjuring images of tailored suits, men with money clips and thick stacks of cash, or my dad after work at the bar of a Chinese restaurant waiting for our family's takeout order. But the martini culture I've been observing recently looks nothing like this. I'm talking about tables of friends around burgers and french fries, sloshing back martinis in front of the the flash of phone cameras, 20-somethings ordering another round at happy hour, a death wish if you ask me, (laughs) massive batched martinis at spring kickbacks, another death, death wish, and ordering a martini has become an activity, something that someone does as much as something that someone drinks.
1: Yeah. Um, man, I, there, I have so many spots that I want to jump in here. Uh, I think the first thing is just the death wish part, because I, I just, I want to say I, I've already referenced the, uh, the, the, the kind of the evening out, the rehearsal dinner that, that I had this past Saturday. I kicked off the, um, the day around 5 PM happy hour, essentially with an espresso martini. And then later I was doing a knockout martini at Matt's El Rancho oh, yes. at nominally ten thirty or 11. And it, I it's Tuesday now, and I still feel like death. Yeah, so
0: it's not a great I, feeling. I didn't even
1: go, I didn't even branch into just like the full on booze version of a martini on Saturday night, and yet I'm still reeling from the effects of the martini. But I I think that that when we are considering like the two sides of this coin, the the wellness and then the kind of the wellness backlash, that's the first thing that stands out to me is that martinis are straight booze,
0: straight booze.
1: So there there's no how do you order your martini? There's no mixer here.
0: If you're at a restaurant Barrett, and and you're you're craving a martini, let's say you're at a nice steakhouse and it makes sense to order a martini with this meal. Yeah. How are you ordering your so martini? So I'm
1: so I'm usually ordering a gin martini with a twist. Okay. And I like just a normal like like amount of vermouth. Yeah. That I don't need to go dry or wet with it. Just like however you're however you're serving it up to me, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I and I, I I'm okay with I, I like olive as a garnish as well, but I'm not a dirty martini guy. I, because it takes away from like the, the when I think of like the briny oliveness, that takes away from the coldness, mm-hmm. and that's that's my favorite thing about a martini is that it's so cold you can't taste the booze.
0: I used to think that I was only a dirty <laughs> martini person, and that's how I drank martinis. That's what I liked, and then once I stopped getting them as dirty, I started to realize that is absolutely not how I like them. But it's a good way to get into martinis because the olive juice does cut the alcohol a little bit. It does make it feel a little more palatable if you're not trying to just drink straight booze. But once you get those little ice chips floating at the top, I forget what they call that, but it's just a beautiful sensation to, to, to just slug down.
1: That, yeah, that that's, it, I mean, it works and it works really well. It's like a spring and summer cocktail yeah. because of that reason as well. Um, and, and but but you mentioned another good point. I think that there is, and, and Emily kind of talks about this a little bit. There's like, so I'll, I'll pull another quote here. Week's party girl consensus is as follows. Espresso martinis have been deemed basic. Vodka cranberries trigger war flashbacks to the trenches of meatpacking. And Cosmopolitans are a dead giveaway that you believe that you are Carrie Bradshaw. Martinis are for people that believe they are Carrie Bradshaw, but have enough sense to be embarrassed by
0: it. <laughs> I mean, and that so is, <laughs> that's the perfect way of putting it. And I feel like that's the way that everyone's looking at this stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I love an espresso martini, but now they've been they've become so widespread and rampant that like i i hesitate to order one sometimes cuz i'm like i don't want to be that guy right now everyone's doing this
1: yeah and so there's ordering and 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 this this varies by age too like it, the, the younger you are the greater the impact of this is but you know if you're in your earlier or mid 20s ordering of ordering a martini is like a very adult like kind of like big shot move mm-hmm. right at 35 years old it's a it's it's a little bit more like commonplace but because it is so boozy because a lot of them are like are gin based a classic martini is gin there's a lot of like acquired taste going on mm-hmm. so i think that part of ordering it is also kind of like a it's like a subtle flex yeah too yeah. I, you know i th- i think about like sometimes being at like a sushi restaurant and like if you're around a bunch of people that you that maybe you don't know that well or like maybe you're with some of your wealthier friends and you need to kind of flex on them or 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 show them that you know what's up you go like off menu for something kind of crazy mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. in the in the sushi world that like that's that that's a little bit of the vibe that I get with um, with with the whole martini ordering thing.
0: I had a buddy who told me a strategy of his for going to networking events where he didn't know anybody. And he always said that having a drink in him would, you know, help him loosen up a little bit. But he didn't like going to these events and just trying to get like drunk and network with people. And so what he started doing and so that he wouldn't feel the effects of it the next day is he's like, oh, I, I'll just go there to the event, order one martini slug it down as like, not as fast as he can, but very quickly. He's like, I just get a little light on my feet. I drink soda water for the rest of the event. And I feel like I can bounce around and talk to anybody. And it's the perfect buzz. And I always liked that mentality until I started trying to employ that. And I learned that I can't just have one (laughs) martini. Like if I have one, I definitely want a second one. If I'm out, if I'm at home, I can, I can do just one and feel pretty content with myself. I did it last night, but when it comes to doing it out, one always turns into two. Yeah, And if, if I have the time two definitely turns into three and three turns into that, like, why would I ever do that to myself? Or, the next yeah, day?
1: or it's like the, the, the other the part of the reason why it's so dangerous to do it at happy hour or to do it on, at an early dinner is that you do, you get through two so quick Yeah, and then it's like, well, now I'm really tipsy off two martinis, but I need to keep drinking. So then you just plow through like two IPAs or a glass, like, you know, a heavy glass of red or whatever. I always switch to red. And then, then, it, then you're just like, th- this is like the mid thirties awful hangover, but instead of like a mix of like shots and Miller lights, it's martinis and red wine.
0: Well, yeah, Barrett shots and Miller lights aren't sexy. <laughs> like, like we're talking about martinis, martinis are sexy. She says right here, as nightlife has been restored to its original glory, it seems that once again, we have shift- shifted to a period of excess and pleasure-seeking, and no thoughts, head-empty philosophy of life. We want to be sexy again, go to sexy dinners, kiss our sexy friends, drink sexy drinks, or rather, we just want to seem sexy. I do kind of want to seem sexy, Barrett.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, one more to, to follow up on that one. A martini is judged on the execution, so impossibly ice cold, it's surprising it's not solid. One elegant garnish dangerously filled to the top of the most inconvenient, unergonomic glass shape of all time, Mm -hmm. and preferably with leftover martini sitting in a spillover cup sitting on ice. So yeah, the whole thing, it's like, it's, you know, it's dangerous, right? As
0: as a former waiter who worked at a (laughs) high-end restaurant where people ordered martinis, uh, when somebody, when someone would order a martini, it was fine because I could usually just bring it over and not use a tray. But once everyone, as they do, once everyone's like, "Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to do a martini too." It's like, "Oh, I'm about to have to walk through this busy restaurant <laughs> with a tray of four martinis, and I'm going to spill at least one of them on somebody." Uh, I've gotten very into doing my at-home martinis, and I've started to do just uh, uh, how would I how would I put it? Uh, I want to say four parts gin, one part vermouth, but that's really two shots of gin and a half shot of vermouth. Okay, and All that right. has been my go-to lately. And I was very much complimented recently when we had a group of people over before going out to dinner. And uh, someone walked in about 10 minutes late. And they were like, well, what's everyone drinking? When I offered to get him a drink. And he's like, well, what's everyone else having? Beer or something? And I was like, actually, we're all having martinis. And he refused to believe me. He looked at me like, no, they're not. not. Not everyone in your apartment is drinking a martini right now. Like not all five of you are. No one's making mass batches of martinis in their apartment. And I was like, no, we're actually doing that. He looked around and he was like, okay, I'll do a martini. And I could see him kind of eyeing me up and down. And finally, after I gave it to him, he took a sip. He goes, okay, I severely doubted you that you would be able to make this happen. He's like, this is a delightful martini and I cannot believe that you just made six in a row and everyone's pleased right now. From that point on, I was like, I'm done with my, my martini tinkering. I can move on from it and I can now move on to a different cocktail that I make at home. I just don't know what that cocktail is yet.
1: I mean, so were you doing, were, were you, how many were you making at a time? Two. Two. Okay.
0: I have yeah. two martini shakers at home or cocktail shakers. I have one that is good for just one personal martini. Right. Perfect size. And then okay. I have a larger one that I actually got from a former sponsor Bespoke Post that has stuck with me for years now. And that one will make a larger batch. And I found that two is pretty much the number for that. You, you, you
1: you mentioned like kind of like you you've perfected this now i know you make espresso martinis uh as well i'm trying at least now you you know you, you're you've you've nailed this you can move on to the next thing i i i think that it's really really fun to kind of like analyze why everybody is ordering martinis right now and we can assign all sorts of you know connections and and where we are as a culture as part of the reasons but the other thing is that, like, don't you, get, don't you also get the feeling that all of this is just kind of cyclical and, like, we just rotate through the drinks? Mm-hmm. She, like, she mentions or, or one of the people that she interviews, a, a, a bartender or, or bar proprietor, like, talks about how this kind of happened with old fashions, like, six or seven years That's ago. That's the
0: perfect comparison. Every guy at one point was ordering an old fashioned, like, five years ago. And that so was I, everyone's go-to drink.
1: I, I, there is something like, and you know, she also mentions natural wine. And I of course think about like the craft beer movement where like everybody's going to breweries and ordering IPAs now is like their go-to instead of like the, Oh I'll, yeah, I'll try that weird beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I also, I, I'll part of me just is like, well, it's the martinis turn at the moment.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, my dad's always operated under just do something long enough that you'll be in style it'll go out of style and then you'll keep doing it. And the two things that he's always done very well with have been aviator sunglasses and martinis. Yeah. Those two things are two things that are very characteristic of my father. And he, he has done them his entire life and he's been cool. He's been not cool. And now he's cool again.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I do, I, I do resonate with some of like the, the, the wellness backlash that we've touched on over the last few weeks as well. And I think that, that another good, point made here is that wellness works really well online
0: mm-hmm.
1: like showing you wellness and talking about wellness because
0: well, everyone wants to strive to be better
1: yeah but in real life it's like at the end of the long stressful work day it's like do you want to go home and meditate or do you want like the stiffest drink known to man
0: but c- call me crazy here <laughs> call me crazy i know i know that these are straight liquor i know that they're not good for you but i would rather be drinking a, a, a a drink that is straight liquor, martini style with maybe a little flavor added from a garnish, as opposed to doing some sugary tiki cocktail oh, most for of sure. the time. And so I don't necessarily agree with I think I think if you think about cocktails that are associated with wellness, I think martinis are right in the conversation because you're just kind of slugging the bare minimum. I
1: you think that's probably accurate, but they but because of like the rest of the connotation, they're not gonna get lumped in with like the vodka soda line, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's because of that connotation, the 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 kind of the the lavish lifestyle and the burgers and the champagne and the fries and like kind of getting a little bit sloppier than than you might on uh, on other cocktails that that kind of like pushes it.
0: I had a martini last night to get a little inspired for today, and now I'm worried I'm gonna have to go home and have another one tonight. <laughs> I kind of got called out for having a Tuesday night martini last night by my uh, sister in law when she came over, and I was like, huh. like. You don't have to come into my house and insult my drink right now. Like, I'm, I'm actually very much enjoying this. Uh, do we have any closing thoughts on martini season? I, I I don't want this trend to go away. I want people to be ordering them in mass quantities when they're, whenever they're out. And I think right now it's a great catalyst for fun. I don't care if you're doing espresso, vodka, gin, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway too is that they are a lot of fun. To be, And they, they signify that you are out having a good time with friends in like a way where, where, that, that where everybody is trying to have fun. And I think that is the vibe right now is that people are really moving past like the, the kind of the doldrums of the last two and a half years and on to, you know, to a new frontier to, to saying goodbye to all that. And like the, the martini is a great way to, to push that forward.
0: They just want to party and be sexy. That's right. That's all I want to do. You can also be sexy in the world's most comfortable men's jeans on the planet. I'm talking about Mugsy, my friends. Built with proprietary stretch denim, these jeans look stylish but feel like you're wearing sweatpants. They're the most damn comfortable jeans around. I've just never had a pair of jeans that fits me as well as a pair of Mugsies does. And I think it's because of the fabric. Uh, these things are comfortable anywhere. There's more room for the boys downstairs. There's more room for everything. There's just no hugging down there. And that's what I need. And they're never too baggy, never too skinny. They're always just right. Over everything, they represent comfortability and style. Wearing their jeans, you will never sacrifice feeling good for looking good. So you can look good, feel great, and be your best self rocking Mugsies because you feel comfortable and confident on whatever you take on or whatever the day throws at you. These jeans, they'll move with you, not against you. And guess what? Yeah, we got a promo code. With Scaries, you can get 10% off. Do your legs a favor and head on over to Muggsy.com to pick up a pair of the most comfortable jeans ever worn. That's mugsy.com for 10% off your entire order using promo code SCARIES. Again, that's Muggsy.com, 10% off your entire order using promo code SCARIES. Eric, you and I had a shared experience recently. We did. Somewhat yeah. shared. Yeah. Kind of like kinda we didn't hold hands the entire time, but no, we definitely we hung no. out together for a We little
1: bit. we shared the lead up to it and then we had individual experiences to yes. you know to really cover all of our bases.
0: We went to <laughs> I I mean, we've talked a lot about like Haley Bieber and stuff on this podcast. Like, you know, I, I kind of follow her for the most like recent like women's trends and things like that. But a guy that I'd put uh in kind of my my inspiration for a lot of stuff is is John Mayer. And, his, and we went to his Sob Rock show in Austin, Texas the other day. Yes, we did. We squatted up at a, a bar beforehand, had a burger, had a couple beers, and and ended up Ubering to the show. Did you someone tricked us and told us that he had already started when we they were did. walking there? Yeah, and they, then yeah, he started yeah. right when we got in, which was actually perfect timing. That's correct. I did not appreciate the duping. <laughs> but but we owe being there
1: relatively on time to the to the uh
0: We wouldn't have gotten an Uber. To the deceit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what were your takes from the show? It was the first show in the Moody Moody Center. What's yeah, it called? We, yeah, it was one of the very first shows, if not
1: the first show in the Moody Center, not to be confused with the Moody Amphitheater or the Moody Theater. Just for anybody visiting Austin, if you're seeing a show, make sure you sort that all if out. If
0: you're going anywhere where the word Moody is in the title, yeah, just make which... sure you've looked into this beforehand. <laughs> you're going to get confused. I'm a little bummed that we didn't arrive, that we didn't get to the show a little earlier because I would have liked to do some people watching, some snooping around the venue, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my first reaction was that there were, it was an older crowd than I was ever expecting. It made me feel old. <laughs> I was like, huh, okay, John Mayer is not a teenage heartthrob anymore. Uh, the only people at this show are about 29 years old and above. Yeah. And uh, my entire section is sitting down and will remain sitting down <laughs> for the entire show.
1: So, yeah. And you were in the lower bowl mm-hmm. with, and I was in the, the upper bowl. Um, and, you know, I, only a few rows away from... From the front of that bowl, but you do feel the distance a little bit more, and and you know I would say that this this new arena, it's like all the seats are good, but you're still you're you still feel a little far away. Yeah, and I think we talked about this when we were having beers beforehand, but like I don't like sitting down for a concert. That is a weird thing to me. I'd I like
0: having the option to sit down when I'm tired or between like. You know the opener and somebody else but yeah. when i'm actually watching the concert i would prefer to be standing up most of the time
1: um and you know this this was sob rock this was this this was yacht rock it was easy listening john mayer stuff. so it's mm-hmm. like nobody really had like the impetus to to stand up and start rocking
0: there were two two ladies who were in the section next to us in the same row and they mm-hmm. stood up the entire show and i was like these ladies do not care about the people behind them. Yeah. <laughs> they do not care that nobody else, like in our general vicinity, is standing up. Like no one's standing up at all, and they were just vibing out to the uh, the eighties the feels. Yeah, I yeah, loved so. the screen that he had behind him the entire time. It like just the eighties kind of like mm-hmm. you know it felt like you were either like flying in a plane through the clouds or you were in space at one point. It was very or it was a maybe very a, satisfying maybe thing
1: inside to look the game Tron at other yes. points yes. a little bit.
0: It was, it was very yeah. on brand for what he was doing.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and he had, a, he had a great look going up there as well. I'm pretty sure he was wearing like Fear of God tailoring to, to start the night. And then he shed that, that, uh, that blazer to just be in like a white T-shirt showing off um, a wildly expensive watch as well as great tattoo sleeve. Um, so that, w- that was, all, it was all great. I just found myself in the seats that I was in, in that type of venue, with that type of music. Uh, towards
0: the end, a little bored.
1: We left early. We did too. <laughs> we,
0: we, we skipped the encore. Uh, we had we had babysitter reasons to go home. No, yeah. no actual reasons. We just didn't want to get home at like midnight because right. right. we were waiting for an Uber. So yeah. we decided to leave a little early. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to LA next, or I guess in June to go see Dead and Company play at Dodger Stadium. Okay. Part of the reason I'm doing that is because John Mayer was a catalyst for me getting more into Grateful Dead. Right. I respected them. I didn't really care to listen to them all that often. His, but now his that involvement he's with Dead and Company Dead has and code, now yeah. got me into Dead and Company, and it got me way more into Grateful Dead than I could have ever imagined I could get into them. Uh, but the entire show, I was kind of just thinking to myself, Kind of wish he was just playing a uh, deading Company songs right now.
1: So at Dodger Stadium, like, are you going to be down on the field? Will you yes. be in the stands? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I will be down on the field. So that's, nobody's going to be sitting down for that concert. I don't think. Correct. Like, unless you are just like gone off the shrooms, in which case maybe you have to take a breather, but like, have you practiced your noodling at all? It's gonna
0: be tough like I, I I'm wor- I'm not worried about my noodling. I'm more worried about Sally's noodling. Uh, I bought two tickets to the concert thinking that maybe I could just find someone that I could convince to go to the show with me. Uh-huh. and then Sally was like, well, I'll just go with you. I'm not opposed to her going with me. I just don't know if she's gonna like it as much as me. Yeah I am a little uh, freaked out about what I'm gonna wear to that show though I don't think I need to stunt very hard because I don't think we're doing much outside of just going to a concert and enjoying ourselves right. but I feel like at a dead show or a dead and company show there's a certain there's a certain vibe that you have to hit, and I don't currently have anything in my rotation that can hit that vibe.
1: But secondary to that, as a newer member, uh, like as a newer deadhead, mm-hmm. you also don't want to come on too strong.
0: Exactly, exactly. Right? I like need to find something tasteful. You can't paceful. show up in
1: socks and stocks and, like, full-on tie-dye. No. That's, you know, you They're have gonna not achieved that, that class yet.
0: I have to earn it. This is kind of me going to like orientation and yeah, kind of getting yes. the understanding of what's going on, <laughs> and I'll figure it out from there. I, I've I've considered just getting like a T-shirt and just getting something embroidered onto it, just small and like nondescript, and then just wearing like a chill hat or something. I don't know what to do. Yeah, we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. The, speaking of of merch though, and and uh, and wares, I was a little disappointed by the John Mayer merch as well. And I that's I was too. That's a problem. It's like a look. If you're gonna go do badass stuff with online ceramics or whoever. Then your then your show merch has to live up to the to the merch that you've been collaborating, Correct. You know, with with cool brands on.
0: It also stresses me out to buy merch at shows for fear of not fitting into it well because you can't just take off your shirt and try something. on No, in a so show. you're either
1: doing like the weird try on over your t shirt or you're just guessing, which means you have to go a size up. Mm-hmm. So that it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it was also, um, I, I I expected it, but still I still had sticker shock. It was kind of outrageously expensive. I didn't even look at the prices. Like, I think they wanted, I was like scared. $110 for a Gildan sweatshirt. You no, know what I mean? Like, not happening. Yeah. So nah.
0: you could probably get me somewhere, but like John Mayer, he's a, he's just a little too famous for me to spend that much money on a shirt. I'm like, you already have enough. Like you don't need, you don't need more of this <laughs> for your Gildan sweatshirt. That's just not right.
1: Yeah. But oh. you putting me in Gildan so that you can be in the, in the fear of God. And, and that's just, you know,
0: well overall, I'm glad I saw, I've seen John Mayer now exactly once. Uh, I don't think I need to go back to a show very soon. So, I, so I, like he's the type of guy that I would absolutely go see at ACL, mm-hmm.
1: for example. Mm-hmm. You know, or or sitting on at the lawn at, at Woodlands Pavilion in Houston or something mm-hmm. like that. Like where where there is a where there's a scene that is very chill, but like has other where you don't feel bad for chatting with the friend next to you, yeah. or 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 going to leave and get beers and like like you said, kind of like taking a walk doing some people watching that type of thing. But this was very much like a sit down and enjoy the evening, like, you know, the guitarist in front of you. And I just like, you know, after an hour, I was like, well, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it.
0: Don't get me wrong. I can listen to John Mayer solo, like pretty much forever. And that's what he pretty much tried to do two thirds through every single song. Like he's just like everyone else take a back seat. I'm going to solo real quick and then we can move on to the next song. I appreciated that. But by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I've gotten my, I've gotten a good dose of it and I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy and I can, I can walk out of this arena right now with my head held high that it was money well spent and I enjoyed myself.
1: Great hair, by the way,
0: on great that guy. Great hair. I, really like, great hair. He's got Hugh Grant 90s hair going right now. Yeah. And I'm just like he, so he,
1: jealous. He has the type of like mid-length to long hair that you only can achieve with like true wavy hair that like borders on curly. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's, you know, it's very, um, I'm very envious of it because my hair is very, very straight. So I will never achieve that type of, uh, I follicle don't have, glory.
0: I don't have the willpower to ever find out. Like I've grown my hair out long before. Didn't have those natural waves. It yeah. had a, it had a little bit of character to it, but not enough that I'm willing to try it at this point in my life. At the, at this point, I'm just trying to go as short as possible to not look like I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to look like I'm in prison or anything, <laughs> but like I'm trying to I'm trying to just keep it all under wraps because I, I need low maintenance stuff now that we've got a kid in the world. Yeah, oh, it's time. I think we should head over to the corner. It's a corner that has got a lot of very nice stuff in it, and it's very uh, picturesque and beautiful. It's the aesthetics corner of the uh, Retail Therapy podcast. I knew we'd make it over here. I don't know where you want to begin. We have two of the more tasty aesthetics that I could possibly come (laughs) up with for especially the Sunday Scaries brand itself. We have Coastal Grandma, which is really making a lot of waves, and Bloke Core, which is uh, kind of of rising in the ranks right now. Do you want to start with Coastal Grandma? I think we should. Yes, I do coastal grandma is a new aesthetic that's these things that i think we should just this is just a blanket statement if a new aesthetic is being talked about it's because of tiktok like that's where everyone is putting it out that's what they're they're basing the popularity of these aesthetics based on how many views are on tiktok for a certain hashtag or whatever it may be and coastal grandma has become something that you just simply can't ignore it says inspired by wealthy women of a certain age the look revolves around anything you might find a well to do retiree wearing by the beaches of Nantucket or Maine white button downs, straight leg jeans cashmere pullovers linen kaftans pashmina shawls and some pro- are some prime examples of coastal grandma fodder
1: Yeah and 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 they also call out the two you know the two icons of coastal grandma chic which is Diane Keaton as Erica Berry in something's got to give and Meryl Streep is Jane Adler in uh, It's Complicated. So yes. that uh, all you need to have seen is something's got to give. Diane Keaton in that movie is the like, you know, Alpha and Omicron or Alpha and Omega of Coastal.
0: If I'm Diane Grandma, Keaton, I'm Bramble. like I'm maybe starting a TikTok and being like, uh, "Hey, just call it the Diane Keaton look," because yeah.
1: that this is mine. Or maybe you should like start selling merch or something.
0: I don't know. If but Diane Keaton started like <laughs> uh, a linen like brand, I I don't see how it wouldn't just go absolutely crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So it's like, you know, and I I feel like. I'm trying to remember some examples. Maybe I'm just thinking about the time that John Duda got called Diane Keaton on, on a happy hour live. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> didn't somebody t- say that he was like Diane Keaton or something like that? Uh, like this has been a, what t- TikTok is really good at doing is like mining these little, tiny little, you know, segments of, of culture mm-hmm. and turning them into the quote unquote aesthetic. Because yes. like, People have talked about this look, the Diane Keaton look and the vibe and 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 the Nancy Myers movies and 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 all those types of things. You know, you get you can you can think about like a lot of like Diane Lane stuff too, like uh Knights and Rodanti.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I mean, pretty much any romantic comedy starring a like a woman reaching her golden years is just pr- perfect for this entire topic.
1: Yeah. And so you know, they they turn it into a TikTok thing, and then we get articles about how it's an aesthetic now. Uh, th- th- this one was just kind of like ripe for the picking. I feel like um,
0: this one was always there. It's just it's just whether or not uh, TikTok was going to be old enough to find it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the uh, really what this also makes me think about is is two things. One, because all of these do kind of arise and and become popular on TikTok, like none of them actually like last right? Yeah. Like coastal grandma is, is almost more of a meme than it is like a lasting, like, you know, style trend.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, at least for people of our age, like, I mean, coastal grandma's out there, they're going to keep doing their thing regardless. Yeah.
1: Ina garden going to Ina garden.
0: Yeah. And like, there's something growing up in a resort town, you had people that would, you know, have second homes. I didn't have a lot of friends with second homes, but i I knew people who would you know only come up to Northern Michigan during the summer and they'd stay at their summer home and maybe I'd go to a couple of parties there over the course of the summer. These people always seemed to have wardrobes that they would leave up, yeah in yes. their summer house.
1: This is a good note,
0: and the wardrobes were always incredible. It was stuff that like you could their grandpa probably just passed down to them. they had polo shirts in their in their closet that just looked like they were from like. Uh, Ralph Lauren co- collection from yes. a long time ago. Yep, I mean hats, jackets, everything, and like they just naturally keep on wearing those things because that's just where that's just the old money th- kind of thing that you do with that kind yeah. of stuff.
1: Yeah, when I was somewhere in the range of like twelve or thirteen years old, I got I, I I was lucky enough to take a trip to Nantucket with a friend who had a family member that that lived up there, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time that I'd really seen any of that, like the polo shirts with like moth holes in them because they had just lived in this, you know, in this house for the last 30 years. And like really, ge- it, it really gives you a nice idea of where, even like where late 90s and early 2000s, Abercrombie, another hot thing right now because of the, uh, the Netflix uh, documentary, like where all that, all the distressing, all the, 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 you know, the moth holes and the, and the, you know, the shredded mm-hmm. look of things like that's where it all comes from is, is, is that second house wardrobe. Yes. And it's also why like like something like Coastal Grandma Chic like never really changes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, not and at all. kind of constantly feels like it's it like it's like 15 years date, like dated by about 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just those clothes don't ever change. They're like no. the second, it's they're the just secondary staples. clothes that are at the secondary house. And so they just have to be really kind of like, yeah, classic basics that make sense for the weather almost more than anything and that you can wash and dry and leave up there and just kind of like you know, let them get, let them, let them get that, that patina, that natural patina.
0: I know we're entering summer, but it's, it's always oatmeal season in some capacity in my life. And I've acquired, uh, obviously, based on what I'm wearing right now, I've acquired a lot of oatmeal colored things. And whenever I bust out like my white jeans that I have, or if I get some, I have some Lululemon white, like kind of cream colored pants. And if I ever pair that with something oatmeal on top, I always just think like, I look like I'm about to take a walk on the beach with Diane Keaton and something's got to (laughs) give. And you you can't even Google something's got to give without having uh, one of the first things that it suggests to you is like her wardrobe, her kitchen, her living room, the house, everything about it is just perfectly coastal. And that's just speaking, I guess, to Nancy Myers and her ability to put together just an absolutely beautiful like set for uh, Nancy Myers, right?
1: I Actually, I'm not sure that something's got to give was. That's a that's a good question.
0: (sighs) I I think it is. Whatever. It's it's If it's not, they, it they drew from her.
1: With the, yes. yeah
0: But like all of that is just like the – it's kind of become the gold standard for that coastal living whole vibe and, and rightfully so. I think it goes very under the radar as well that Keanu Reeves plays her love interest in that movie, which is just something that – I mean kind of love interest, like kind of peripheral yeah. love mm-hmm, interest. Mm-hmm. There's a, the perfect Sunday Scaries photo. There's a photo of Jack Nicholson laying on a couch and they had an aerial cam in the room of him laying on the couch talking on the phone in his robe. And it's like the most Sunday Scaries Instagram aesthetic that you can possibly have from that movie, and I will always have an attachment to it because I think that there's more inspiration that I've drawn from that movie for the brand itself than I probably ever have realized. (laughs) Should we talk? Yeah. Well,
1: the the last thing I want to say, you know, is uh, is this this person here, this TikToker Lexi Nicoletta, is getting like full on credit for for the coastal grandma (laughs) chic thing, you know, being being the uh the the meme and the aesthetic that it is and that has me thinking about how like he, i feel like we need to be volume shooting on coining new aesthetics because if, yeah if by the end of this podcast run whenever that might be i'm not saying that there is one but but if we have not coined an aesthetic i feel like we have have failed I, you're if, not wrong will if we don't you know shift a vibe at least once that's true then what are we? What are you're we? You're not a real are, podcast we until you shifted a vibe, yeah. and people
0: have recognized that. <laughs> Shit, you're right. I, like, we haven't shifted enough. We're just doing the shifting, but we're and not we're actually talking, pushing the shift. We're talking
1: about the shifting, but we have, yeah, we haven't pushed the shift. And so that's, I mean, it's it's early.
0: It's early on.
1: What's upsetting is that I so think we just we we just need to be we 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 have to be mindful of that, and, and you know,
0: I think there's a world where I could have pushed our next our next aesthetic and and made a name for this
1: you absolutely could have and and the uh, something's got to give and it's complicated are both nancy myers films there we so go that's,
0: that's all you need to know yeah uh our next one is bloke core yeah this is right up this is right up here this is kind of how i've been operating for the last like three years i maybe don't dress like it all the time but i i'd like to think that i'm living quite the bloke life i mean I, my my schedule in life revolves around mid-afternoon soccer games. My mornings on weekends revolve around them. I've just recently completed a book called Among the Thugs about Soccer Hooliganism in the 80s. Uh, I'm just, I'm just really diving into that world. Who knows? Maybe I'll just start, maybe I'll just start like working for a uh, English soccer club. But bloat core is now becoming a thing. Um, I'm just gonna read this passage real quick. The essence of bloat core lies in the resurgence of satire-laced nostalgia that has taken a firm hold on the menswear landscape in past years, in particular aimed at the laddish soccer culture of 90s Britain, which drew influence from the early days of indie rock and Brit pop pioneers like the Gallagher Brothers, as well as the casual movement from the 80s during which soccer fans traveling throughout Europe to watch their teams brought the fashions of countries like Germany, Spain, and Italy to the pubs and terraces of urban centers like Liverpool and Manchester for the first time. And really, the, the... the trademark items that have been decided for Bloatcore have been Adidas sneakers, your classic sambas, maybe some indoor soccer shoes, could really be anything, stone jeans and a vintage soccer shirt, whether it's a jersey, a training top, whatever it may be. Yep. But those three things are really at the core of what we're looking at right now.
1: Yes. And and as as far and that makes it so that like as far as aesthetics goes, it and and you know, kind of style trends in general, like it's actually pretty easy to pull off yeah. because it's it's so limited and at the same time because there are no like hard and fast rules about it there's a lot of flexibility and there are a lot of different ways to kind of to affect this look as well because it's so adjacent to like the vintage trend that's happening and the loosening up of of pant legs that's happening mm-hmm. and and you know like all of those things are already happening kind of throughout and so the bloat core is really is it's really just like a a subculture if you will it's 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 like an offshoot of all of that that's that's kind of very niche
0: yes it's and it's like if you just google old oasis like yeah th- photos they are the standard for bloat core like it starts and ends with them Yeah. Uh, yeah there's They're a- the something's gotta give
1: yes of bloke core <laughs> um just this is super random but but i'm on the the GQ Australia article that that talks about bloke and they have this old 90s photos this they have this this one in particular where these guys are wearing um shirts uh, soccer shirts and as as these jerseys are um you know always do they've got a sponsor mm-hmm. I had no idea that brother printers were around 30 years ago, man. There are that, so that, many
0: sponsors on so many old shirts where I'm like, what were they doing throwing <laughs> around money at this time in their 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 company history? I guess this
1: is when printers were like all the rage. Like HP was like worth billions of dollars because of printers, right? Yeah. You know?
0: I, it is kind of shocking, actually. Um, I also think that the, the sponsor itself has a lot of influence on – the actual look that you're going for. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you can't, if you're trying to accomplish the bloke core look and you are you go out right now or you go and you buy, you know, a Manchester United jersey from the past couple of years, mm-hmm. you're going to get a giant Chevrolet sponsor on you.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a giant Chevrolet sponsor. And then the other, the other piece of this is that like if you go buy a modern day uh, shirt, it's also probably going to be really slim fitting. Yes. It's like design. It's like cut as more like performance wear, whereas the ones from the 90s and early 2000s are far more very similar to like golf mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. the 90s early 2000s it's like it's boxier and baggier with the longer sleeves oh the polo sleeves are going past your elbows yeah and 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 that's kind of what you need to to execute on this uh, the an, another big piece of this that like kind of like leans into the the club cool section of it of it all is I, Phil and I did a podcast i, I want to say at least a year ago where we talked about how how golf was having a moment, like a lot of hot golf brands popping up, like Wim and Malbon and and a bunch of others. Um, and that, you know, things like tennis had always kind of infiltrated mm-hmm. men's menswear and men's style as well. And that soccer, for as like as global as it is, the most popular sport on earth, had see, had seemingly had like a hard time doing this. See when and we had Drake wearing like the 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 Juventus Jeep jersey and a mm-hmm. music video at one point. And like there there's there have been moments where it's kind of been like attempted, yeah, but never really gone all the way. And yeah. now we've got ALD putting out soccer kits. I was so-
0: absolutely shocked when I saw that in their collection, in their, their most recent drop. Like I couldn't believe that they actually went as far to do something. And I hate to say what I'm about to say, but I think they kind of missed on it a little bit. I don't think they did as good of a job with it as they could have. because Just because it doesn't look like something that somebody that actually watches soccer... Would want to wear because it wouldn't be natural. I gotcha. almost feel like in order to do this, you can't go with like a popular brand soccer jersey. You almost have to go vintage in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's,
0: uh, I've, I have a couple companies that I can speak to if you're trying to accomplish this, and these are, these are four places you can go look for uh, some new jerseys, some old jerseys, mostly old. But the first one is ClassicFootballShirts.com. I don't know if it's .com, it could be .co.uk, but if you type in classics football shirts, that has the deepest catalog of not just jerseys, but training tops, uh, shorts, socks, like anything you could ever want, they have it. Uh, there's also a place that does collab. I don't. I hesitate to call it a collaboration because it's more of them just drawing inspiration from hip hop culture and then making jerseys around them. And it's a company called Killavilla. Okay. They have done uh, like kind of things in the past. They did a Wu-Tang jersey. They did it a Taurus B.I.G. jersey. They recently did a Beastie Boys jersey. And I think – I forget the most recent one they're doing. But they do these kind of uh, – they look like they're, they would be something you'd actually see on the field. But instead, they're just – they have these minor details that have kind of shifted into more hip-hop culture. And then the other two, uh, a site that you've definitely heard of, Grailed, has suddenly become an absolute powerhouse uh, for this sure, kind of I'm sure, yeah. Thing. <laughs> And then the final one is a, a company that mostly sells their own t-shirts and uh, sweatshirts and things, but now they've definitely started selling way more, especially in their physical locations. It's a, a site called Saturday's Football, and they really kind of crushed the 90s aesthetic that that I think this strives for. I don't think that this has – I don't think the bloke core trend has legs to, to make current jerseys look cool on guys like us. I do think that if you throw it back to the nineties, that's where we start to cook a little bit and have some fun with it.
1: Yeah. I some of these and, and so so this Saturdays football, this is this is vintage mm-hmm. jerseys.
0: Yep. Okay. And they do they do their own shirts, but I think they've recently pivoted way more towards just adding as many vintage jerseys as they can to their site.
1: Gotcha. And so I, you know, I think that the the question here for for the legs, like you're saying, is like whether whether a brand like Ame or any other one for that matter can make like a football shirt that's popular and cool and like kind of, or, or is it that it is the vintage piece essential to the coolness? I think it's essential.
0: I think it's essential. I think that, I think that if you actually want to properly, like if you just want to look cool, I think you can go out and do that and not worry about it. If you want to actually pay tribute to like the soccer culture and, and really get into it, there's so many cool styles from the 90s, and early 2000s that I just feel like you're doing yourself a disservice by paying $150 yeah, for a yeah. new jersey from a company that has no ties to soccer sure. where you could go back and you could get, I mean, I hate Liverpool, but you could go back <laughs> and you could get the Liverpool Carlsberg sponsored jersey in a, in a secondary color that just looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been wearing a brand new sweatshirt lately. It's a Manchester United sweatshirt. I've worn it during recordings for this podcast. And uh, I've, I've definitely I've seen, done
1: it. I've seen it pop up. Yeah.
0: It has a very eighties cut. It's much shorter for me through like the it's, it's baggier through like the shoulders and arms. And then it's kind of cropped a little shorter, uh, through the, the body. And I've gotten so many compliments from people who watch soccer being like, where'd you get that? Is that like a vintage piece? I'm like, Nope. Got it from Fanatics.com. It was the first time I've seen something that was kind of shaped like that and looked like it. And I hopped all over it. That I'm- Ronaldinho jersey from Barcelona 2003. Like, that is the perfect jersey to put with some stonewashed jeans and call it a day.
1: It really is. And especially like some of the more vintage styles with either like the really fat V-necks or, you know, maybe even better is like the collars. This is killing me. In, um- in
0: 2003, <laughs> I went, I was in France and Spain. I went to a store in Paris. It was right off the Champs-Élysées and my parents had given me given me their credit card to buy one nice thing in Paris. And I went and I bought a PSG collared jersey. It was their third kit, so it wasn't a very popular jersey, mm-hmm. but it was this like tan color. It was so good looking. And somewhere along the way I lost it. And uh, I know that it would still fit me today because I bought like a size yeah. large hoping that I would grow into it. Well,
1: so I'm 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 glad that you brought that up because what I'm thinking about is I'm sure Like, uh, look, if you are close to to the age that Will and I are, and you grew up, you like in, you know, some suburban town in America, like you were probably playing a lot of soccer. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like a, like it, it, I know it's more popular now than ever, but I also feel like it's very much like a millennial thing that like, like the, the, the kind of the rise of like suburban club soccer Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, well, everyone has and, the brands that
0: they like, like Calme or Deodora and things like that. Diodora, like, Kappa. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's,
1: that's, that's another piece I want to touch on. But like,
0: yeah, so I've, I, I need to go back home. Next
1: time I'm back home, I got to root around in an upstairs closet. Cause I feel like I actually have a bunch of, of vintage looking jerseys. I'm looking at a Ronaldo one here up on the screen, like number nine, Ronaldo, Brazil. The original Ronaldo was like my favorite player, like. My first aim screen name referenced his number, <laughs> uh, you know the number nine, and so like I, I gotta go see what's up there. Some of them are even, and I don't know if this makes them cooler or not, but they would ha- they would have been bootlegs from a business trip I got to go on with my dad to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil.
0: See, and that's so- just beautiful. <laughs> like I mean, that when, th- we are talking now. So
1: I got I gotta go see if, if if those are still around somewhere. But but yeah, I think you know talking about whether. Whether a new brand can make a popular soccer jersey or not. I think you just touched on the more likely scenario, which is that some of those old school brands that were popular in this era, like Kappa and Diodora and some of the others that you mentioned, Umbro, mm-hmm. who I know has tried to come back a, a, a couple of different times, like that's the way that you can, I think, take this and make it a little less jersey ish. Mm-hmm. Is with that type of old kind of like training gear or
0: sweatshirts. The training gear stuff is a really easy way to get into this without having to put on a jersey and feel like you're the guy wearing a jersey. Yeah. Like a big thing in this whole look is people taking these things and zipping them up to the point where like it's pretty much covering your chin. Like just having it zipped up as far as you can and just doing it that way. And like I remember when I was in fifth grade, I had a uh, Adidas Scott. You're uh, right over there, Barrett. Sorry. (laughs) Water wrong, but I had a uh, Adidas tracksuit top that had the longest collar in the history of collars. It was like, almost like it, I think they were I think they were doing it in the style of something from the 80s where they had those giant collars. Yep. But I think fifth where they grade like fold down. Exactly. Yeah. Fifth grade me did not understand the concept at the time. And so I was just <laughs> zipping this thing up and folding it over a little bit. But just walking around in fifth grade trying to be like a little bloke out there. I think I pulled it off a little bit, but it, it wasn't great. Oh, yes. That is the perfect Google search. Is I I
1: know that like, isn't there an album, famous album cover from Robbie Williams who fits right into this era where he's like pulling a turtleneck up over his head or something?
0: Probably. This sounds very familiar. Why can't can't I There it is. There it is. Yep. This is
1: the look that you had,
0: right? Exactly. Exactly that look. And it was just, all I had on it was a little (laughs) Scottish flag and it had the Adidas stripes down the thing. And I thought I was the coolest dude in the world, probably because, I mean, how old are you in, in fifth grade? Like, 12, 10. Yeah, 12, like I, I just like remember being a 10-year-old and seeing all these English dudes being like, these guys are so tight. I had just gotten into soccer. It was the perfect time for it. Oh, now I'm going through you're you're talking about like your old jerseys that you might have. I'm going through my mental Rolodex of jerseys. I had a long sleeve Ronaldo Real Madrid jersey, the like the original Ronaldo, not Cristiano. Yep, yep. And that one has since been long gone. Uh, I had a like a Germany Schweinsteiger jersey that was just absolute heat. I might need to start buying some just old random jerseys when I see them online again. I mean,
1: the problem is that like the people have obviously caught on and these are – they're now fetching, you know, four times what they would have – Three years ago. Yeah, it's
0: insane. And then I saw a guy the other day who was taking these old jerseys and making bucket hats out of them. So they had these like really like well done, like finely knitted bucket hats that are made out of these old jerseys. I sent a link to Sally hoping that she would buy me one for like Father's Day or something, but (laughs) I just couldn't, I couldn't stand to spend a hundred dollars on a bucket hat made out of old Manchester United jerseys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Ooh, Petrobras. This is, I've definitely have a jersey with the Petrobras logo on it. So we'll, we got to see, we got to see
0: shop by shop by the team that you want to shop for but also don't don't discount the logo when you're going through this you will be happy yeah i
1: mean if you don't have a connection to any of these then then who cares
0: i think you're better off if you don't have a connection to it just make sure you don't buy like don't go out and buy a manchester united vintage jersey and then go buy like a liverpool one like that oh, you your, have to it's your like boys like a Nike will and expose you thing yeah just make sure that you're not getting any rival shirts and you're not wearing rival shirts in your collection that's all i ask and then we'll be fine let's talk about 10,000 real quick You guys have heard about them. I wear 10,000 at least once a day. Uh, 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts that I've ever worn. Two of my favorite pieces for them are their interval short and their versatile shirt. The interval short is their most popular and most versatile style. It's perfect for gym days, spinning, short runs, high-intensity interval training, and backyard workouts. I mean, these things are, they, they fit very trim to you, but I'm not saying that in a way that it's like tight. It fits like something that you want to go work out in and that you can work out in very, very hard. Uh, their versatile shirt is the perfect workout shirt. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It's durable. They even have long sleeve versions of all their shirts and their long sleeves are become some of my favorite shirts to sweat in. In addition, they also make gear specific to other types of training from Olympics Uh, Olympic lifting to running to boxing. So you can find a short for all the ways that you train and they believe in being better than yesterday, a stoic dedication to continuous movement and not overnight success. They even have over 200 athletes that test their gear to ensure the perfect design, fabric, trims, and fit. And they have free shipping and returns and a lifetime guarantee. 10,000 is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc slash scaries to receive 15% off of your purchase. That's 10,000.cc slash scaries. It's wish list time. <sighs> I'm a little stressed about this week, Barrett. I do have an update this week. Okay. You ready? Yep, I have made yep. a purchase off my wish list. Oh, okay. This All is right. the first you, purchase what? that I have made. I've purchased from last episode, I talked about some Nike Pegasus Trail 3 Gore-Tex shoes, I have since purchased them, and I have been very excited about this. I believe that they arrive tomorrow in the mail, and it should be a good mail day if that's the case. Mail day.
1: Love a mail day.
0: I am currently wearing my old version of these shoes from last year, and I have now just re-upped to a different colorway. And I'm very excited for these to come in the mail. This is the it, first thing I have, I've got.
1: Do I have the colorway that you, uh, you have, do. have procured on the screen?
0: I decided to go as colorful as possible as yeah. a lot of my wardrobe is not very colorful. And I thought I'd give a little pop of color using this one. It's a lot of brown, orange swoosh, a green back. It's just, it, it caught my eye and it kind of took me back to that kind of mid-90s kind of outdoorsy feel.
1: Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're great. They're great.
0: I actually stepped outside in my old ones yesterday in the rain. Took my dog for a walk, and the Gore-Tex worked so well that my socks were not even close to being damp.
1: That, that yesterday, the
0: all rain all day is the type of day that you got to make sure you got that you have shoes for. Got to get your trail running shoes on you on know? point. Do you have anything on your wish list, Barrett? Because I don't have anything necessarily specific today, <clears throat> so I might punt to you first.
1: Okay, um, mine is is also not an actual thing that exists today, so. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Perfect <laughs> I'm going to use our platform here to try to get something that I can't get.
0: I love this. How about that? That's the perfect way to use it. Um,
1: I don't know if you are familiar with the um, fashion writer and Twitter personality uh, Rachel Seville. I hope I get the name right uh, Taj Gian.
0: Uh, I I think I am familiar
1: so you you if you don't follow her, you probably see her tweets like pop up in your timeline. Anyway, it's she's at the profit pizza on Twitter. And she was the I believe she was the style editor for GQ or or one of the head style writers for GQ for a long time. And now she's at Harper's Bazaar. Um, Plus, she's let's see what the fashion journalist and critic. She's the fashion news director at Harper's Bazaar now. And uh, previously at GQ magazine, Garage and Graydon Carter's Vanity Fair. She just caught a follow. Um, She she is. Currently Running a like Substack that doesn't actually exist campaign the likes of which I've never seen <laughs> It's called Opulent Tips okay And she apparently sends out her Opulent Tips to a very 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 limited and select number of people that I believe are mostly friends and family plus a few extremely lucky followers that like when she opened this up at one point they signed up and they and and they got through and they got in But this is this is not a subscription that you can get it's not a Substack it is just her opulent tips, and then when she sends them, she like retweets a bunch of people that are talking about how incredible her opulent tips are.
0: How are you going to get these opulent I, tips? I,
1: I am pitching right now. I don't know if this podcast is on the radar of Rachel um, or anybody that knows her, but if if that is the case, we want in. Will and I would like to be on the opulent tips. Absolutely,
0: list. we want in.
1: I love the name. I I, I can just ima- It's so it's it's descriptive with also while also being vague. They're tip they are tips that are opulent. That could it could literally mean anything. I just feel like it's very and I promise I will not if if you let us into opulent tips, we will not steal opulent tips and put that stuff on this podcast.
0: No, that that remains your information and your that, information that's, only.
1: That's classified info that we will just enjoy for ourselves. But um but yeah, I'd really like to be on the the opulent tips email newsletter.
0: This was not the wish list item that I thought you were gonna add, but <laughs> I'm kinda glad we're dipping into a kind of a, a new idea behind this. Like um, She's Ra-
1: Rachel is also she just like uh, if 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 you're ever looking for fashion follows on Twitter follow Rachel and follow Derek Guy who's at Die Workwear um, who I think we've probably mentioned. He before.
0: just he just changed his name to uh... amazing tweet today. <laughs> If <laughs> you want to describe from Brunello Cuccinelli, I was yeah. going to say, I'm just going to pronounce I'm just going to mispronounce Brunello Cuccinelli anyway. <laughs> so I've done it before on the podcast and I'll do it again.
1: The one where he says that he's now Derek Guide at Die Workwear has, has changed the, the title of his Twitter account to Brunello Cuccinelli. And so he's like he's catfishing you essentially. But he's like tweeting in an Italian accent. And today he said that uh, Elon Musk could have bought one of their beige sweaters instead of buying. Twitter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is a great joke. I, uh, I actually did a tweet thread recently inspired by him when he, he did his George Costanza, I'm a, I'm a Leon Dorr, uh tweet thread that just went absolutely mega viral. And yeah. ever since he did it, I could not stop thinking about Frazier characters. And so while Fritz was napping the other day, I decided to take that two hours and just sit online and just look up Frasier characters and their outfits and then just compare them to ALD. And I was pleasantly surprised at how easily... These, these two things over, over, yeah. overlapped yeah this week I need to I need to do something that I don't want to do. I don't like buying these types of things because I don't feel like I, I look at them very often. I need a new side table this is this is a both an aesthetic need as well as a utilitarian need.
1: Is this for your living for your living room? Yes okay.
0: uh, currently we have two side tables in our living room, and they can fit about two cocktails on them or a glass of water whatever you want. Unfortunately, these are very top heavy tables and now that I have a son that is crawling around all the time, I need something that is very stout at the bottom. And so I've been, been going around trying to find some stuff. I need to find something that is slim enough that it can fit between two chairs, two lounge chairs but sturdy enough that it won't tip over. That's a
1: tough ask. It's very difficult. Because the narrower they are, the more top-heavy they they are.
0: It's been a very difficult endeavor right now. And I'm not willing, I don't know why I'm not willing to do this. I think it's kind of a test for myself because it's not something I often do. I'm refusing to get something from a store. To do this, I, I by store I mean shopping you're, online and yeah, finding something.
1: You're not going to go onto West Elm or CB2 Correct. and just pick something. Correct. That's your yeah, yeah.
0: I have to find. I I I need to do this for myself. And I spent about an hour in the Forehands outlet the other day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Forehands is a store. I don't even. Do they have other locations outside of Austin? I'm not sure. You can go on their site. You can shop their stuff and find out where they sell it. But they have an outlet that, in the past, I, I honestly haven't been that impressed with. Yeah. Uh, I also think that the time when I started going there was during the pandemic when they didn't have as much stuff coming through because things were halted. They are absolutely bussing right now with like excess furniture. I was in there on Saturday and I was taking photos of prints that they had on the walls, throw pillows that they had, all this kind of stuff. Okay. I was kind of shopping for the new studio as well as my place, but sure. it just started getting my wheels turning about how, the fact that I do not have a side table between our two lounge chairs. And if anyone comes over for a drink, maybe a nice little martini. They're not going to have anywhere to set it, and it's all because of my son. Yeah. He's ruining our cocktail parties. Well,
1: here's what, here's what you can do in the meantime. Um, now, I don't see any of these in the studio currently, but producer Randy is probably familiar. Sometimes when you have tripods and light setups, you'll need a heavy bag to put on those tripods so, for just, have this to do very, that. just this very instance. You just need to, you know, yank, yank one of those, bring it home, and just lay that over the base of the
0: current. Uh, side table. The frustrating thing is I really like <laughs> the side tables that we have. They're actually perfect for what we need. And uh, Fritz wasn't even the first one to tip one over. It was my nephew. And I was like, dude, you little jerk. <laughs> yeah, You're, like, You're spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> come on. So, yep, yeah, uh, I'm in the market. I have no clue. But I, I plan on buying something in the next month and I hope to update the wish list with what I actually purchased. I need to update. I'm excited to update it on the Substack now and uh, show that I actually purchased uh, the Pegasus sneakers. Yeah,
1: I, I I need to go back through and see if I've if I've actually pulled trigger on any of our our wish list things.
0: I've gotten some feedback regarding the wish list lately that some of our things have dead links. Uh, these Uh-oh. are probably because these things are no longer offered by the company anymore. That's
1: possible. Yeah, uh,
0: I will try to update those links with. You know, links that do work, but for some of the stuff, I might just have to remove the link altogether and just let it let it yeah. live in in the past yeah. because we can't get them anymore. So if you're trying to shop through the Substack, uh, apologies, it's just not going to work this time for some of the things. That's okay. If you want my dump, the dumpling steamer basket, you got to go elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Is it's already sold out? It's already uh, something's wrong with that link. Okay. Whether it's sold right. out or whether I just put a shitty link in. That's Fortunately,
1: I feel like excited. that's something that's probably. Google a pool and, you and know,
0: I probably got, I probably had a link. I think I had the link from like William Sonoma. Maybe just go buy it from somewhere that actually like has a reputation for making these baskets. Go to Shein or something. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> oh, I think that's all she wrote today, Barrett. All right, man. I mean, anytime I get to talk about martinis, romantic comedy, inspiration and soccer, like I that's mean, a, we, that's a good we, day in the office. We covered
1: your wheelhouse today. I feel yeah. very, very much so.
0: There, these past few episodes, we've had beautiful topics all together. Today's episode, top to bottom, was probably the most will-to-freeze topic list we could have come <laughs> up with, and I, I'm very happy about that. All right. We'll see you guys later.